Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with God's grace as we pick up in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. God is very kind, He's very loving, He's very patient, He's very long-suffering. He's giving you chance after chance after chance. But it is tragic when people misinterpret God's patience and God's kindness, and thus they give their hearts over to evil because they think that God is too remote to care. It doesn't really matter to God how I live. God doesn't really know. And they give their hearts and their lives over to evil, to live an evil life. That is a tragic, fatal mistake of misinterpreting God's grace and God's goodness to you. So though a sinner do evil a hundred times and his days be prolonged. Remember he was talking about how he saw that the, you know, the ungodly man was living a long life. The righteous were dying young and the ungodly were living long. So though a sinner do evil a hundred times and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. Now in the end, the best life is the life of fearing God, walking with God. Fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. So I know that in the long run, that life is the best. It's going to be well with the man who has departed from evil, but it shall not be well with the wicked. In the end, God's judgment will come. You can't escape it. God's judgment will come. And thus I surely know it will be well with those that fear God, but it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a a shadow, because he fears not before God. Now there is a vanity which is done upon the earth, and there be just men unto whom it happens according to the work of the wicked. Again, there be wicked men to whom it happens according to the work of the righteous. So I said this also is vanity. Things happen to both good and evil man. Same kind of experiences to both. A righteous man gets cancer. An unrighteous man gets cancer. A righteous man is prospered. An unrighteous man is prospered. He makes this observation. What happens to one happens to the other. It's emptiness. Then I commended merriment because a man hath no better thing, and this is his human philosophy and human reasoning coming out again. Hey, it's great to be merry because the man has no better thing under the sun. And this is probably true. Under the sun, man, life is just very shallow, and you live life on a very shallow level. And under the sun, the best thing to do is just to eat and drink and be merry. Because, man, that's all she wrote. That's the sum of life for you. So you might as well live it up because you're going to be burning after a while. So, you know, live it up now. Life under the sun. 
For that shall abide with him of his labor the days of his life which God gives him under the sun. Might as well enjoy what you got now because, man, it's going to be tough later. When I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done upon the earth, for also there is that neither day nor night seeth sleep with his eyes, then I beheld all of the work of God that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun, because though a man labor to seek it out, yet he shall not find it. Yea, farther, though a wise man think to know it, yet shall he not be able to find it. A man cannot find out the work of God, though you search it out. For all of this I considered in my heart, even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God, and no man knows either love or hatred by all that is before them. All things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the clean and to the unclean, to him that sacrificeth, to him that sacrificeth not. As is the good, so is the sinner, and as he that sweareth, and as he that fears an oath. This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all. Yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil and madness is in their heart while they live, and after that they go to the dead. So one thing happens to everybody, they die, whether you're good or bad. Sacrifice or don't sacrifice. Doesn't matter, you're all going to die. And as far as Solomon was concerned, that was horrible. You know, all of your wisdom can't cause you to escape death. All of your wealth can't cause you to escape death. How dies the rich man as the poor? How dies the wise man as the fool? They all die. You can't escape death. Was the conclusion of his human wisdom, but Jesus taught us how to escape death. Jesus said, he who lives and believes in me shall never die. You can escape death by living and believing in Jesus Christ, but the human mind, human wisdom won't bring you to that. It takes the revelation of God. And if you're only coming at life from the human level and trying to find God from the human level, you'll never make it. God must reveal himself to you by his spirit. And God has revealed himself through his word. And God has revealed, and this is the record, that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in the Son, and he who has the Son has life. He that lives and believes in me, Jesus said, will never die. For to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. I guess so. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead don't know anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Now, those who teach the annihilation of the soul immediately turn to this as their scriptural proof. The book of Ecclesiastes, a book that deals with human reason, human intellect, apart from God. And they pick out this scripture 
to prove soul annihilation. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know nothing. Neither have they any more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Jesus tells us that there was a certain rich man who fared sumptuously every day. Moreover, there was a poor man who was daily brought at his gate full of sores, baking bread and eating bread that fell from the rich man's table. And the poor man died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and in hell lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus unto me that he might take his finger and dip it in water and touch my tongue, for I am tormented in this heat. And Abraham said unto him, Son, remember that in thy lifetime you had good things. Now, that's what Jesus said, the consciousness that exists after death. Solomon, with human reason and understanding, said, but the dead don't know anything. Well, this guy knew that his tongue was tormented. He knew Lazarus, and he knew that he had brothers back on earth who were still living sinful lives and he could remember his past sinful lives. Now, you have to either accept the word of Jesus or the word of Solomon in a backslidden state as he is trying to find the reason and purpose of life apart from God, life under the sun. It is wrong to take the book of Ecclesiastes for biblical doctrine. Better to turn to the words of Christ. He surely knew much better than did Solomon in his backslidden state. Also their love, that is, of the dead, and their hatred and their envy is forgotten, and it's perished, annihilated. Neither have they any more a portion forever of anything that is done under the sun. They're through, it's over, it's all, it's the end. So go thy way. Eat your bread with joy. Drink your wine with a merry heart. For God now accepts your works. Let your garments be always white and let your head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of your life, all of the days of your empty life, which he hath given you under the sun, all the days of your emptiness. For that is your portion in this life and in thy labor which you take under the sun. That's, that's all you're going to get, man, so you might as well go for it. That's life. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for there is no work nor device nor knowledge nor wisdom in the grave. That's their other proof text. No work, device, knowledge, or wisdom in the grave where you are going. It's not what Jesus said. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happens to them all. There is no purpose in life. There is no guiding hand in life. It's all a matter of time and chance. 
That's his conclusion. That is not a scriptural doctrine. Only Solomon's conclusion of looking at things. Life is just time and chance. It doesn't matter how swift or slow, weak or strong, wise or foolish. Life is just time and chance. For a man also knows not his time, as the fish that are taken in an evil net, the birds that are caught in a snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. This wisdom have I seen also under the sun, and it seemed great to me. Now, this is what I observed. It seemed like a a great thing. There was a little city and a few men within it, and there came a great king against it and besieged it, and he built great bulwarks against it. Now, there was in this little city found a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then I said, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. The words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that rules among fools. Wisdom is better than the weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. So his conclusions of observing a city spared by a wise man. <laughs> Chapter 10 Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking odor. So does a little folly to him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. But even as dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to stink, so does a little folly to him who is in reputation for wisdom and honor. In other words, Men who are in reputation for wisdom are, it's just folly in their life is out of place. It's amazing to me what dumb things wise men can do, you know, and leaders can do and, and all. When we were little kids, you know, we we would make up our clubs with our secret oaths and our initiations and our passwords and, you know, the whole thing. And we were, you know, had our own little mafias and, and secret organizations and, you know, blood, man, and just, uh, you know, we were brothers and, and this whole thing. Well, that's great when you're a little boy and living in a world of unreal fantasies. But when you grow up and you still get into these secret clubs and you have your secret passwords and your secret handshakes and your you know, special little robes and clothes and hats, and hey, you're, you're, you just haven't grown up and that's your problem. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child and acted as a child. But when I was old, I put away the child's thing. When you get old, it's time to put those things away. But some people just don't grow up. And thus, they are exposing themselves. Now, a wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart is at his left. Now, I don't know that there's any scientific... Um, I, I don't know what he's saying. 
Yea, also when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him. And he saith to everyone that he is a fool. I mean, you're, you're, when you're a fool, you just, you know, it's obvious that you express it. If the spirit of a ruler rises up against thee, leave not thy place, for yielding will pacify great offenses. Oh, how much better it is to yield a point than to, you know, hang on and, and all. If we would only learn just to yield a point, it can pacify great offenses. It can stop, you know, big arguments. It can actually save your life at times. There's some really nuts out there in the world. And a lot of people have been killed by insisting on their right-of-ways. No, I'm not going to move. It's my right-of-way, you know. <laughs> and you can insist on your right-of-way, but get wiped out. So yielding can pacify great offenses. Give in to the point. What difference does it make? Whether there were five or six fish in that basket. You know, you can get in the biggest arguments over some stupid thing like that. Get angry. Get, you know, where you don't speak for a day or two because there's five. No, there were six. No, five, you know. <laughs> no, maybe there were five. You know, yield it. Why are you? Well, it's dumb to just argue over things like that. Yielding can pacify great offenses. Good advice. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun as an error which proceeds from the ruler. Folly is set in great dignity, and the rich sit in a low place. I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. You know, there seems to be oftentimes inconsistencies. He that digs a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaks a hedge, the serpent will bite him. They used to hedge about to keep the serpents out. You break the hedge, serpent will bite you. You dig a pit, you'll fall into it. These are just sort of proverbs. Whoso removes the stone shall be hurt therewith, and he that cleaveth wood shall be endangered thereby. If the iron be blunt, and he do not sharpen the edge, then must he put in more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. So figure it out, man. If you're trying to chop wood with a dull iron, a dull hatchet or dull axe, it's going to take more strength. Sharpen it, takes less strength. This makes sense. Surely the serpent will bite without enchantment, and a babbler is no better. <laughs> He'll bite too. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is mischievous madness. A fool also is full of words. A man cannot tell what shall be and what shall be after him who can tell him. We don't know the future. People talk so confidently of the future and all. You don't know what's going to be after you. You don't know what the future holds. The labor of the foolish wearieth every one of them because he knows not how to go to the city. Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child and thy princes 
eat in the morning. That means they were drunk all night, so they eat in the morning. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is the son of nobles, and thy princes eat in the due season for strength and not for drunkenness. By much slothfulness the building decayeth. Now you that are managers of buildings and so forth, you might choose that to put above the time clocks for the maintenance men. And through idleness of the hands, the house droppeth through. A feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry, but money answers all things. Now, my wife believes that this is a scriptural truth. <laughs> but I was trying to tell you, this is Solomon, and he's talking about worldly wisdom. And it's amazing how that the world thinks that money is a cure-all. Money will answer everything. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Ecclesiastes on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Ecclesiastes 8 through 10 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord put His hand upon your life, fill you with His Spirit, and guide you with His counsels. May you be strengthened in your walk with Him. May you begin to experience greater victories over those areas of the flesh that have dominated And may you begin to experience more and more the power of God's Spirit within your life, giving victory. May the Lord be with you, and may the Lord keep you in His love. And may you just grow in your knowledge of Him and in your fellowship. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. As we look back over the roadmap of our lives, we often see the value of troubled times, personal trials, and even the experiences of pain or the death of a loved one. 
These are the building blocks that establish God's plan for us. It is with great honor that I'm pleased to introduce Pastor Chuck Smith's autobiography entitled A Memoir of Grace. You're invited to pull up a chair and listen as Pastor Chuck shares his personal story of how God's grace prepared him for life's purposes. Perhaps as you're reading this story, you'll be prompted to evaluate your own past, your present situation, and that which is yet to happen, and realize that it all plays a part in establishing God's plan for you. See God's grace at work in your own life when you order a personal copy of A Memoir of Grace by Pastor Chuck. God called me into the ministry and how God has just led us step by step. For more information on how to order your copy, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org or call toll-free at 1-800-272-WORD.